welcome to Milestones. This is your host, Sarah Conrad. Tonight, we are continuing our scholarship series. Tonight's show is titled, Successful Scholars Part 4, Cultural Milestones. Our guest this evening is Kathleen, another ACB scholarship winner. She has a lot to teach us about engaging with other cultures. There's a place in your heart, and I know that it is love. And this place is much brighter than tomorrow. And if you really try, you'll find there's no need to cry. In this place, you feel there's no hurt or sorrow. There are ways to get there if you care enough for the living. Make a little space, make a better place, heal the world, make it a better place for you and for me and the entire human race. There are people alive, if you care enough for the living, make a better place for you and for me. So Kathleen, congratulations on being a scholarship winner, and thank you for um, joining us on ACB Radio to share some of your accomplishments. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about where you are um, in your education, um, what you're studying in school? Yeah, I am a first-year doctoral student in sociology. So what led you to study sociology? I started my program in Latin American Studies, I took some sociology courses. It was the Latin American Studies degree was interdisciplinary, so I was able to design my degree with, with a lot of flexibility, and, and so I really loved the sociology classes, and they fit well into my uh, my master's thesis and fit well in fact with my undergraduate degree which is international business um, and so everything kind of is gelling you know I'm bringing I'm bringing in my undergraduate work I brought that into my master's degree work and then I'm bringing that into the sociology and so I'm just taking things at a deeper level. My my um, research is around um, post-revolutionary Cuban women, and so I uh, spent a lot of time in Cuba. I used to travel to Cuba a lot, and I used to take groups of MBA students to Cuba um, for when I was at the University of Georgia for an academic program, and so it's kind of just pulling, you know, all of the interests that I've developed and cultivated over the years together, so it's helping me establish myself more as a scholar on Cuba. Yeah, must be nice to see all of that kind of come together in your program. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it work, and I think that's you know a nice thing about uh, the uh, 
a doctoral degree is that you have a lot of latitude to, to develop your research path. Oh, that's great. Um, throughout your education, um, have you needed to advocate for yourself as a student with a disability in any situations? Yeah, constantly. Mm. Can you describe some of those situations? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I don't know if you want to air this on the, on the radio, but usually I, I'm making the, the university aware of where they're falling short in terms of uh, providing me effective blind accommodation. Okay. Okay. And so talking with administrators of the university about the, the challenges of, of completing my coursework with the level of accommodation that they're providing. Sure. Sure. Educating them think, about your needs. Yeah. And, that's, and, that, and I know it's a common issue with blind students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you have accomplished a lot, you know, in, in academics and in, um, in your life. And, you know, you've had a lot of different life experiences. When you think about, you know, all of the things that you've accomplished, what is one accomplishment that, you know, really stands out um, as a, a really proud moment in your life? was developing the my this program that I I created it, I designed it, I directed it to students to Cuba. Mm. And it was it was a huge uh, undertaking that it was very entrepreneurial on my part and then I was able to not only design it uh, and, you know, kind of develop it something, but I was actually growing the program. Uh, it, 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 it had to be closed down, actually, by the Department of Treasury oh. because of issues related to political tensions between the United States and Cuba. Sure. But, um, but I was developing a good network with Cuban academics and other uh, government officials that helped me uh, put my, keep my program going and the Cubans were happy mm. with the student groups that I was bringing down uh, and I was building bridges. I was building cultural bridges that, um, you know, between two countries that technically didn't have diplomatic relations. Mm. But I was working around that through academic relationships. That's amazing. Can you talk more about that program? Like, what did students learn while they were there? Well, we, it, was a, it was considered an experiential research project, and they had lectures with uh, Cuban economists and other Cuban professionals that dealt with business. Mm. And uh, 
So we uh, would have lectures and go on site visits. We went and visited different factories, and they got exposure to some business operations, marketing, like international marketing. So, for example, Havana Club Rum is internationally known um, brand of rum, and we learn about their marketing and uh, how how uh, economics work in in their within their socialist system. Mm. And then what they what they did was they had to uh, keep notes on everything they observed and then they did a project when they returned. Mm. Uh, they had to write about things the experience. But was just to expose them to how business operates in a socialist economy. Sure, that's incredible. Um, so, um, how many uh, rotations of the program um, did you help facilitate? How many did you say rotation? Yeah, like how many times um, did yeah. you take students to Cuba? Oh, wow. Okay. And did you face any challenges um, related to your disability when traveling abroad? Um, back then, when, because my eyesight was better, I, I had few, a few challenges, uh, like trying to catch taxis and not being able to Oh, sure. You know, uh, um, that was kind of minor. Um, but, uh, what, so, so and, and, and also, when I was traveling there a lot, I was able to use large print. Um, but, you know, if I went into a restaurant, just like here, I would have to get help with the menu. Mm. Um, but when I, I the last time I was there, Two years ago, doing some research, and I was using a white cane. And at that time, and um, the, my experience was that the Cubans were very willing to help. Mm-hmm. If I was standing on a busy street or something, more often than not, someone would come up next to me and ask me if I needed help or take my arm and walk across the street with me. Mm. Uh, and, uh, so, yeah, I I anticipate as I go, as I go again, when I, I intend to go again, I don't know exactly when, that I will encounter challenges doing research. But I'm working, you know, in talking with my faculty in my department, I've brought that subject up, that how can my disability not be a disadvantage and, be, and even maybe be an advantage. Mm-hmm. And, and so I have faculty that are saying, that, yeah, your disability in some situations could be an advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so kind of figuring that out. And uh, 
accessing like what what will be a challenge, but it's not over. Uh, is it's not a, a challenge that would be impossible to overcome. Would be they don't have the kind of electronic uh, documents and mm-hmm. access to internet things like that, and so any reading. I would have to have a librarian. Sure. Yeah. So it would be kind of like, you know, going back a little bit in time. Sure. Uh, when I, yeah. <laughs> so when when I when I was younger, I did use libraries mm-hmm. sometimes, and then as technology evolved here, I get I was using large print, and now for my classes and my research, I get what they call text conversions. I don't know if everybody calls them that, but my school. Does and so there, uh, take the hard copy and put it into a JAWS accessible okay. format. Okay. Okay. Well, that's great that you are, you know, proactively having those conversations already, you know, with other faculty about, you know, planning for accommodations um, for when you travel. So that's wonderful. What, um, I'm curious, what differences have you I'm, I'm sure there are many but what major differences have you noticed culturally relating to disability between um, Americans and Cubans well my experience with uh, it, it, the cultural differences and, and, it, and it doesn't just extend to Cubans but Latin Americans in general mm-hmm. that I've interacted with is that they are Latin Americans are much more comfortable with disability than Americans are mm-hmm. and I've known a lot of Americans that will not ask questions about you know, when, when, when the subject comes up naturally um, they, they don't ask questions, they don't seek knowledge, mm-hmm. and this isn't everybody but sure. generally speaking more Americans will not ask me questions regarding my disability and how it might impact my life and how, you know, what kind of like, it's the conversation we're having they mm-hmm. don't, mm-hmm. They don't. Um, and yet Latin Americans and Cubans included, they, when they do learn, and before I was in Spain, I would often just, I, I had to tell people because it wasn't evident that I had a visual disability, and I, when I would tell them, they would be so curious, and they would ask me a lot of questions about it, in, in a, like, seeking to understand this, this condition. And so my interpretation has been that they're not afraid, mm. and Americans seem to be more afraid of mm. addressing disability, mm. and so Black Americans just be more in touch with human frailty, human condition. And I, I shouldn't even say human frailty; I should say the human condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. And, and, and it's a really fascinating uh, conversation that I had with the Cuban. Well, he was telling me that on Cuban television, when he, at, 
he didn't say how old he was, but since he was younger, he watched a television program that was about uh, blind etiquette. Hmm. And he told me, he said, so if you're someplace and you need help, you know, he said, you just tap your cane on the ground and someone should come and, and assist you. Hmm. You should expect that that's part of, uh, it's like a, a cultural entitlement. Oh. And uh, I did, and I did witness it. I was in, I was working in the National Library scanning some, some uh, books about Cuban women. And, and I was in a special, it was a special place designated for uh, blind uh, patrons of the library. And someone walked in and passed, and walked in the door and passed their, passed their, their cane on the, the floor to get the attention of the librarian. Interesting. Yeah, it was, it was really fascinating. And then, and then again, the fact that, that, uh, there were some busy streets that when I had to cross them, like I said, more often than not, someone would, that was walking in the same direction would, would offer to help or just, Take my arm. Americans would say that, you know, in terms of approaching some of these difficult conversations that they, you know, they just feel awkward. So would you say that when, you know, people talk about, just talked about disability in Cuba, did that make you feel awkward or did that, did that feel good to you to be able to, um, educate them about your needs? Individualism, 
Mm-hmm. And this over-emphasis on independence. Definitely. We sure could learn a lot from their culture. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks. So just one more question. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners are, you know, working towards goals of their own, whether it's in education or employment or um, in social life or, or otherwise. So um, what encouragement would you give to our listeners who are maybe um, working toward goals of their own?
uh, consumption of having to do this by myself or getting the assistance of another person, there's a, there's a, there's a, a good reason. Absolutely. You know, that's the benefit of, of someone helping me is going to help me move forward. That's all for our show tonight. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Kathleen as much as I did. It's such a great reminder for us to think beyond ourselves and our communities, to learn from cultures that are different from our own. Join me next week as we meet Jack, another ACB scholarship winner. Until then, this is your host, Sarah Conrad. Off to mark milestones of my own. <laughs>